Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 7.58 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It is Friday, the 4th of November, uh, 11-4-2022, and it is a, it's a nice day outside. It's a little bit dark, and I was thinking to myself, boy, if, it, if the fog was out today, it would have been like that other foggy day we had. I think it might have been Monday or so. Monday when I came out the house, it was really foggy uh, and it was very nice. But as I'm speaking, let me look up your weather today. I'm glad that you guys are all here. Aisha Saxon, good morning to you. Ellen Brady, good morning to you as well. Norma Peterson, hello out there to all of you great listeners. Uh, Okay, the high today will be 62 degrees. That's going to be nice. Uh, Looks like we'll reach that high at around, or excuse me, 64. Looks like we'll reach that high at around 60, uh, 10 a.m. Bless you, Monica. Got sneezes already, but be blessed. Be blessed. Uh, And there's going to be a little bit of rain today, it looks like. There's a 40% chance. Uh, Our guest today is Mr. Anthony Catella. Uh, He is here uh, to speak with us about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, everything in between, and uh, speaking about candidates who are running and endorsements for them. How are you today? Very well, very well. How's very that well. coffee? Good to see you, sir. Oh, it was good. It's a very good. All I right. enjoy it a lot. Thank All you. Right. Thank Treadwell you. will be glad to hear that. The coffee <laughs> Treadwell, is from Treadwell, so good morning. Hello. Tell him hello. Um, Jennifer Ryan Maiton is here. Good morning to you as well. Uh, before we get started... I want to say that I hope all of you have a great weekend. It was a heck of a week. I saw a lot of you doing a whole lot of things. I saw some of you giving speeches. I saw some of you welcoming new members of your family. Shout out to the the new babies born. I saw a lot of great things for a whole lot of you people, and I hope that you guys just carry that energy into the weekend in a safe, responsible fashion please do and congratulations to all the people who've achieved great things out there during this week harry beast dog parlor uh so many of you the aurora regional fire museum great events going on there and also the david l pierce art and history museum if you are not familiar with the david l pierce art and history museum our friend uh, perry slade as a photographer, he has an exceptional exhibit that's going to be debuting there with a whole lot of Aurora in black and white. Uh, his photographic medium is black and white, and he really makes the city look good. So please support he, uh, him as an artist and all the other artists out there. The time is 8.01. Anthony, how you feeling? Oh, very well. I'm very, very happy to be here, and uh, it's, uh, it's good to be here with you, uh, very good. Very good to be here. You grew up in St. Charles. Yes, I did. From yeah. St. Charles to Aurora, Rivertown, right up the right up the way there. Um, what is the St. Charles story? Is it anything like the Aurora story? Well, let's see. St. Charles became a, a town in, in um, 1834. They see, beat us. Yeah. Because yeah. we're 1857 or 1853. 1853, I think. Three, four, somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, yes, very good. Um, so right, right in the same time period, maybe mm-hmm. like 20 years difference. 1834 became a town. It was settled by uh, people like Evan Shelby, a, an Indiana man. Okay. He had just gotten done with the um, Black Hawk War, and he came east and founded the town or settled on the banks of the, the Fox River on, where on a hill east, east of town. And I know right where it's at. It's on east... State and Fourth Street today. 
Okay. In 1834, and then it became a, a city. It was chartered as a city in, in 1874, several decades later. But it was originally known as Charleston. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't but know that. It did. It was. But then it changed its name to St. Charles. The city people at that time, Stephen Smith Jones, one of the first attorneys to practice in town, decided to change it to St. Charles because uh, down south it was being confused with the city down south of uh, Charleston, Illinois. Which, incidentally, I, I know I've been to Charleston, Illinois, because, uh, well, that's one of the locations of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. And then, of course, uh, I attended Premier Illinois Premier Boy State down there in 1988 as a senior in high school, or a junior in high school. I was nominated by my Legion post to go there and learn about state government, and local and state government. It was a good experience for me. Okay, all I was right. one of seven people in my high school that went there. Wow. Oh, no small, no small feat, no small measure. That's right. Well, I ran for governor and didn't didn't quite make it. But then I, I, I ran all over, went all over campus getting uh, petitions, people to sign my petition so I could be a, a write-in or an independent. Okay. Uh, I still didn't win. But oh well, it's in trying. Right. Um, it was that so high school age, right? Yes, That's high school I was years. eighteen years old in nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, the first week in June, I think that was the fifty-third or fifty-second annual session. Um, was that what sparked your interest in politics? Oh, um, well, it, it, it was certainly was a help, but I had been interested in it for a long time, for a period before that, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> back in 1980, in the 1980 election with Reagan, Carter, and Anderson. Okay. Anderson was an Illinois congressman, John Anderson, the third-party candidate. For- Let me plant a flag for folks. This is going to be an episode full of history today, oh, as, we, as we kind of talked about in our very first oh, meeting sure. when we met. Was it last week? When did we first? I think so. I think yeah. it was last week. Um, so I here's the thing. I didn't know that um, St. Charles was once called Charleston before that. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy because I've already learned a few facts, and it's only 8.04 a.m. So <laughs> keep the facts coming, bro. Well, I'm going to sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure try. I'm going to sure try, my friend. Dora Sanchez Soto, <laughs> good morning to you. Uh, Ellen Brady, I love that the Dome is back on the Hobbs building. Yes, the Dome is back. Yesterday we had a great ribbon cutting, and... Uh, one of the most iconic buildings in Aurora has its Onion Dome back, the Hobbs Building. Uh, it was reminiscent first, of Moscow. Yep. Yeah. Well, it you know before the paint, well before they repainted it, it really did. At the corner, it had a very, um, it had a very czarist kind of look to it. If you were standing at Wabonza Community College, you could see it. It really did. Uh, it was bright red too, so it was it was an interesting appropriate building. appropriate color. Yeah. Well, of course, the czars weren't communists. <clears throat> Right, that's before. That, that is exactly. That's way before. But they weren't 1917. Good people okay. And there's a story about the czars and the wonderful person that wrote God Bless America that I might want to segue in. Okay. All right. Um, the time is 8:00 the time is 8:05 a.m. So, uh, tell us about when we're going to get into um, endorsing Catalina Lauf. Oh yes. And Miss Lauf and and uh, speaking up for the team. Our nominee. And letting it be known um, the things that they do and why people should know about them. But I want to talk about Kane County itself. What's your assessment of the county? Is it healthy? Give it a, give it a rating. Oh, yes. Well, I'm trying to recall uh, two years ago when I gave a campaign speech uh, to kick off the last campaign, uh, not my campaign, but the general campaign, uh, I, I was putting out some facts and figures and uh, I only wish I had the copy of that speech with me here because then I could read it to you. But Kane County is one of the best counties in the state. I mean, it's uh, got an excellent budget 
and uh, excellent leadership mm -hmm. with monetary in monetary matters. And uh, Mr. Uh, Lawson, um, he's running to be our, our county treasurer. Okay. And it'll be in even greater shape when he gets in because that man is a whiz at numbers. Okay. And so I, I think it's a, one of the best um, economically led counties in, in the state. It really is. It's had good leadership. Okay. Um, at the moment, too, uh, I think one of the things most on people's mind, and I'd like to get your opinion of it, is, um, you know, how socially we've seen a lot of development. Do you spend a lot of time in Aurora? Not much. Okay. Uh, not much. Uh, Why not, man? Well, I should. Yeah. Well, actually, actually. Um, You're not going I'm, to get lunch at one of our fantastic... Uh... Well, <laughs> well, let me take that back then. Um, when I was a seminarian uh, in my previous church affiliation... I had an assignment at the one of the local parishes here. Okay, and so and that was in Aurora, it was here. Okay, and so I, so I spent about a it was a, well it was a summer here. Okay, uh, and uh, so, but then I like to come for uh, sometimes uh, they have the citizenship days. Okay, and I like to do that. But and I did run. I did do a, about a year or two ago. I did a a, a fun three k run. Uh, in support of Help a Joe, which is an organization to help veterans. Heard about it. Yeah. that Was it a ruck march thing, or was it just a straight run? It was a run. Okay. But they do have the ruck marches, too. I've heard of Help a Joe. Thank you very much. Congratulations. And we want to say that you are a Army veteran, too. Oh, wow. Uh 100%. Thank you for your service, brother. Well, thank you for your service, sailor. The um, the Help a Joe organization, are they located, is that an Aurora or Kane County organization? <sighs> I I, it's in, I, I just can't remember. Okay, because I've only seen a flyer of theirs, but they've, they've done a few other great things, too. Oh, they have. Oh, my gosh, they have. It's, it's, it's a good organization. Okay, all right. You got a pipe. Yes, I do, a corncob pipe. Uh, I, but you're not a smoker. Well, I do. I, do, I really do smoke it. Okay. I, and oh. I, I, wish, I wish I could have the smoke billowing as I'm speaking with you here today, but times have changed. They have. Remember so you I, could... I just hold it as a prop. I remember we could smoke in buildings. Well, sure, I, I remember that. And, uh, I, being an interesting, being a person interested in history, I like to watch videos and films of, of how people did things. And if you go back to the 50s and 60s, and well, even like, for instance, the, the Watergate hearings, you would have people um, like John Mitchell smoking, I mean, puffing. I mean, you'd have billows of smoke oh, yeah. coming out of the yep. pipe. What is in that Senate caucus room Smoking away, answering questions. Yeah. Or Douglas MacArthur, who smoked a corn cob pipe. And right. I smoke one because he did. Um, when he was being interviewed at the Senate the committee after he had been returned home, um, he was smoking you know, very, very openly, yeah. answering the questions of the senators. It's a nice prop, too. Although I, I don't know if it's characteristic of me. It's getting to be. but <laughs> um, Amongst other things um, that have changed in the world, uh, in the nation, in the country, and in regards to politics, what do you think some of the biggest changes have been from then till now? Well, I think it's more, uh, it's more televised, and more people yeah. know about candidates and things, and it's, in good, it's good and bad. I mean, more people know about politici politicians and, and what they're doing than, than they did back then, like say 60 years ago in 1962, 62 years ago in 1960 when Kennedy and Nixon were running I mean you didn't know about the private lives of 
of Nixon or Kennedy. Sure. But today, that's true. Today, you know about the private lives of these people. I mean, I'm not saying the local people, but but the national people. Right. And you have the 24-hour news media mm-hmm. that you have today that you didn't have back then. That's true. And so it's 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 in everybody's face constantly. And so that and that's good and that's bad. It's good because then you can know more and have more information at your fingertips. But then it's bad because it gets to be it gets to be a little too much. You I I I I agree with that. The the amount the, to be able to have information at your fingertips is a good thing, but you know whether or not Senator or Congressman X has peanut butter in their in their <laughs> cupboard is not really going to improve anybody's life. You know what I mean? So it's it does get to be a little bit and and it does get to be a little bit uh intrusive, I think. Well, yeah, that could be true too. Yeah, right because well Welcome to life in the fishbowl, they say. Uh, it, it can be. And, well, when you're a public person, mm-hmm. as a, a politician, for instance, uh, is, is a public person, an office holder is a public person holding public office, so they're a lot more known than, say, the average Joe K. citizen. Right. And, and that's, just, that's just the nature of the game. That's just the, the nature of things. That's why many peop- most people don't want anything to do with public life or being in politics. You have to have some kind of drive to be in it and expect, take the good with the bad and expect to be um, bothered. But you have to kind of want it. You kind of, like, like for myself, I, I, I'm, I'm a glutton for attention. I love attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you see, because I, I, I like acting, I like speaking, and that's all before an audience and, and, and public view. And, right. uh, and I, I'm happy to present myself to my fellow citizens, get to be known. And or as Lincoln would say, to see and be seen, right? Uh, and uh, but not to say too much because you don't. Sometimes it's it's nice to talk, but then you also have to know when to stop. Uh, the time is eight twelve a.m. Good morning to you, Dora Sanchez Soto, and Gloria Gerardo is here. Uh, good morning to you, Aurora, and it's Friday morning. Happy Friday! I hope you have a nice day and weekend. Have a blessed day today. Amen. Well, amen. That's just the kind of, how did you know we needed to hear a message like that? And Saul Olivas, good morning to you as well. Okay, um, so what is your message today? Oh, today, well, geez, uh, I have um, well, a, first, few, a few pieces of messages. Yes, yeah. I do. I, <laughs> I, I just wanted, I'm, and I'm not going to read all this to you. I just wanted to say, well, I'm, I'm looking forward. My American Legion post has nominated me, elected me, to give the uh, keynote speech for our um, Veterans Day ceremony in St. Charles. And I, I, I've got it written right here. And one of another, another thing I have written here is this uh, little essay I have. I wrote about Adlai E. Stevenson, another Illinoisan, famous mm-hmm. Illinoisan. Uh, he was born. Well, he's buried in Bloomington, Illinois. But um, he was born in uh, in San Francisco, I think, and mo- moved uh, with his family to uh, Illinois. And I write about him during the Cuban Missile Crisis. He was, at the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Adlai Stevenson was uh, our ambassador to the UN. And he had two instances where he really showed courage in giving his opinion or viewpoint on a matter where other people disagreed very sharply with him. First, b- before his fellow Americans in the, in, the me- in the meetings during the crisis in the White House and the State Department, he said, well, maybe we should just switch, sw- you know, to get the Russian missiles out of Cuba, we'll agree to take our missiles out of Turkey right by Russia. And, well, while that's diplomatic, 
a lot of the, the hawks, and particularly the military people, thought that that would be caving to the Russians or negotiating under the gun. But yet he had the courage to voice that viewpoint. Uh, and then before the Soviet uh, ambassador in the UN, Stevenson showed courage by facing down that Soviet ambassador who was denying that they had missiles in, in Cuba. And then, I, and then Stevenson, at the right time, said, I, I will, we do have the evidence and I'm going to show it to you. And then he showed the, the, the pictures of the aerial photographs of the missiles in Cuba. And that was a tremendous um, courage, took tremendous courage for Adlai Stevenson to face down both his own fellow countrymen and then, his own, then the adversary and, and to maintain dignity and calm. And then, uh, let's see here, these, and don't worry, I'm not going to read these. <laughs> then I've got here, um, what's another draft of my Veterans Day speech? And then, uh, let's see here. Veterans Day for the listeners is Friday the 11th yes. oh, of yes. November. And then there, this I wrote down, I wrote, I like to write out, sit down and write in longhand. This is my, my political vision, kind of like my viewpoints um, tangential to the current campaign. Okay. But also the viewpoints that I have uh, as a, as a, as, a, as an American, whether it's election time or not. And then, of course, I, I want to put a plug in for the candidate for my congressional district, Catalina Lau. Okay. And, and as I understand, we're going to have one more big uh, uh, bridge event in, in Geneva this Monday and uh, you know, showing our support for, for her and all of our candidates. And What's a bridge event? Well... A group of organized citizens, concerned citizens, um, put this together, and they like to stand on the bridge with signs and flags, American flags and signs of candidates, to voice their concerns about uh, the state of Illinois and our current. Oh, a bridge event. Okay, That's I get I mean. it. All right, all right. Yeah, and um, and sometimes we have candidates there, not often, but I think um, I think Catalina will be there and uh, several other candidates and. It's, it's, we're just there to stand on the bridge, either in St. Charles or Geneva. This instance, it'll be in Geneva, uh, to uh, show the people that pass by in these in their vehicles our concern for these issues, you know, the taxes, the Safety Act, um, the Amendment One, CRT controversy, all of these things that are concerning to a good many uh, Illinoisans and Americans, and we get a lot of support from the. From the vehicular traffic that passes us by, there are lots of thumbs ups and uh, honking of the horns, a few here and there sour grapes, but uh, that's to be expected in our in our republican form of government or our democratic form of government. You know, people make the mistake. Well, they don't make the mistake, but sometimes people say, "Are we?" Ask the question: Are we a democracy or are we a republic? Well, we're a little bit of both. We are a republic, as it says in our stat in our wonderful pledge of allegiance. The flag represents the republic. We are a republic in the sense that we have a, re a representative form of government where people in a, at the local, county, and state, and federal level represent us in the legislative bodies. Uh, we speak on our behalf. We elect them to speak on our behalf. Uh, but the, Democrat, the democracy part of it is that we, the people, to use a phrase, go to the polls, as we have been doing in early voting and will be doing next Tuesday, to select from the people our representatives. So that's right. the democratic partnership aspect where the demos, the Greek word demos for people, people make the decisions for people amongst themselves to go and speak for them. And that's the representative part, the Republican part. Right. So it's great. And it's a wonderful way 
to show that aspect of our country. And, and we're also living out our rights in the Bill of Rights, uh, freedom of assembly and freedom of petition for the redress of grievances. The time is 8.18 a.m. What's amendment, uh, amendment 1? The First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States is the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. And that's, uh, I, I have it memorized. Here it, here it is. Mm -hmm. uh, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof, nor abridging the freedom of speech, nor of the press, or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for redress of grievances. That's the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States, which is the first of the first ten amendments, which is a separate document known as the Bill of Rights. And that goes way back. Our founding fathers had conceived that idea because they knew their history, their English history. Right. Way back in the 1640s, King Charles I, he was prevailed upon by his people, uh, the newly formed parliament, to form and sign a what, what they called a petition of right. Uh, and so... Our American Bill of Rights comes from way back in the 1600s in England, the Petition of Right. Now, you mentioned that, uh, which uh, mentioned Illinoisans are worried about Amendment 1. What, what's, right. What's well, happening now, that's with... separate from the Bill of Rights. Um, right. They're calling this Amendment 1. I don't know if I have the literature. Uh, yes, it's, it even kind of throws me a little bit, but it does need some clarification. Amendment 1 is a, a, a proposal to the state constitution. This has got nothing to do with the federal constitution. Okay. It's the state constitution of Illinois that certain uh, groups and legislators are for, and they call it Amendment 1. I don't know why they do, because um, we have, the state constitution has many amendments already, mm -hmm. but this particular amendment is what they want. They call it the Workers' Rights Amendment. Some people call it the Workers' Rights Amendment. Other people call it the, the tax, the higher taxes, property taxes amendment, because I think the the controversy here is that the the unions want to have more power, but it's it's the the government unions, like the unions that uh, police and firefighters belong to. Okay. And this bill wants to increase their power, uh, but many people, myself included, think that uh, the unions increase all, like bargaining power of unions. It, yes, I think okay. I think that's it. Because this is my first time hearing about it. Okay. This is my first okay. time hearing about well, I'm it. I'm glad it is. It seems like it has good intentions, but it's going to cost us, it's going to cost the state more money, and it's going to, through property, the raise of property taxes, because that's what it's going to be funding. It's going to be funded by taxes. Okay. And they're going to ask us to pay more in our property taxes, and it's going to increase the power of the unions, particularly the government unions. I've got no problem with unions whatsoever. I just don't think that either they or any group in this state should have more power than any other group and and I'm a, and I'm and I, I'm opposed to higher taxes in whatever form I I don't suppose we can ever get away from taxes you know, there's no uh, but we can certainly well, keep they've, uh, keep they've always, we've always been told there's only one way to get away from them what's that death yeah i mean not to be not to be morbid this is a family friendly show but <laughs> oh yes well i was just going to say the only two things in life that are said to be certain are death and taxes, and I hate both of them. <laughs> right. they, they stand in the way of my happiness and of anyone's happiness. But no, there's, we can't get away from taxes, that's, but we can certainly uh, bring them down. Excessive taxation is not good. Taxation is necessary, but excessive taxation is just not good. The, uh, I do not believe there is, can be a dollar spent that can be better spent than by the people themselves. Okay. Uh, the time is 8.22 a.m. 
take me to a commercial, Monica. I do have those couple of local news points to uh, mention to our fantastic guests here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned, it is Friday. You should be going into the weekend with a nice, healthy disposition. So let me allow you to do that. I have a couple of things to talk about here. Uh, and I also have your information for First Friday tonight. Do not forget, tonight is First Friday. This will be a good time here in the city of Aurora. Um, first things first, don't forget that you can uh, share what's important to you on the community survey uh, by the Community Foundation of the Fox River Valley and the Dunham Foundation. Uh, this brief anonymous survey will take you about 10 minutes and will help in the collective efforts to assess the needs in the community. The survey is available in English and Spanish. We've posted this a million times in a million places. There's a QR code embedded on the flyer that you can use. Please take 10 minutes, help the team out, and uh, fill out the assessment. Remember, it is anonymous. Uh, okay. Court-based rental assistance is still available for those in a court eviction proceeding due to non-payment. The non-payment is conditioned on financial hardship due to the pandemic. Eligible applicants may qualify for up to $25,000 in emergency rental payments. The program is open to anyone in the state and is not conditioned by county. Just eligibility. Uh, for more information, you can call 630-906-9400 or go to the Facebook page of the City of Aurora Financial Partners Center and the Neighbor Project. You will also see that there's a QR code embedded on those flyers as well to use, to scan, and uh, take you right there. Um, all right. Think about flyers. Don't dismiss the QR codes, ladies and gentlemen. When you're passing by somewhere, like the outside window of our studio, or even when you pass by places like uh, Altero, Treadwell, and things like that, look in the just take a look in the windows, see what's being posted, and uh, give it a scan. If you don't have time to go in there, scan it with the, uh, with your phone. Okay, and then uh, here is your first Friday news. First Fridays will celebrate Day of the Dead as part of Sugar Skull City events in downtown Aurora. Two outdoor festivals will be part of the event. One will take place in the parking lot east of Broadway behind Valdera's Beauty Salon. The event will feature Panda Muerto, Katrina's body painting, face painting, artisans, and more from 4 to 10 p.m. Santori Public Library, 101 South River Street, will present Dia de los Muertos and Ofrendas celebration uh, with live songs by Diego Trillo. Um, dance by Danza de la Pluma de San Pablo Jula. Uh, it's a fashion show by designer Mario Oliveira. Uh, guests will be able to make tissue paper marigolds. Damn. And get in line for face painting from 6 to 8 p.m. There will be a food truck as well that will be out there from 5 to 9 p.m. at the Water Street, Water Street Square across from City Hall. Grumpy Gaucho, Strawberries Barbecue, real good food. Holy Pierogi, Home Run Hot Dogs and Lemonade. Harvey's Firebox, Burritoville, and Tapville Social with a Beer Garden. Throughout downtown, the First Friday's event lineup includes 30 activities for all ages, many themed around Day of the Dead. Last but not least, One East Benson on the third floor. That'll be open with Exploring AI Art, a discussion and exhibit of AI generative art using stable diffusion, slideshow, and gallery of Day of the Dead, robot, restful, and fantasy art hosted by Jim Schweitzer, 6 to 9 p.m. Good stuff. All right. Time is 8.26 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. All right. Um, so we've got Garrett Garnett Ramos Chavez. Good morning to you as well. Um, 
so what is uh what's next for the uh for the candidates as we head into uh into Tuesday. Well, it's and big, what is the what's the sure. message that you're helping out with? Oh, certainly. Well, yes, Curtis. Uh well, it's the big push. I mean, it is this is the latest uh, you can have an election in November. 62 years ago the uh, midterms or 60 years ago the midterms were November 5th. But this year it's November 8th and I think this is the latest you can have. But well, all the candidates are uh moving into the home stretch, the last uh, last big push to get the message out to the voters and to uh, to bring it all home for this great state of Illinois and this great country of the United States. And we, uh, we all of us have to, have to work together. And I just wanted to share with you a, a quotation from James A. Garfield. Now, Garfield was our 20th president. Unfortunately, he the was. second president assassinated. He was. Uh, and he was only president just for a few months in 1881. But he was a general in the Civil War, and he was elected to Congress while he was in the field as a general. And these are his thoughts about the Congress. Now, more than ever before, the people are responsible for the character of their Congress. If that body be ignorant, reckless, and corrupt, it is because the people tolerate ignorance, recklessness, and corruption. If it be intelligent, brave, and pure, it is because the people demand these high qualities to represent them, back to that representation again, to represent them in the national legislature. And so my plight, my plight to my countrymen and my Illinoisans uh, would be to vote for candidates that are intelligent, brave, and pure so that we can have uh, the kind of country that, that, that we want. And only you can decide that in that sacred few moments in the voting booth. And so we have a, we have a great choice to make in, in this, uh, this, this midterm elections. And these midterms, midterm elections is just as important as a presidential year. And we cannot afford to wait for a presidential year. Now, hopefully, basically, you know, I'm, I'm of course, a Republican. And then there's the Democrats. And we have a choice. Uh, but in the end, no matter who has the majority, we have got to get together in this country. We've got to come together in this country and realize that it's only during election times that we're Republican and Democrats. But after that, once we have our elected leadership in, we're Americans. We really always have been. And if we're going to survive as a country, Americans, we must be united. We stand as Americans. And I would say, and it's all wonderful to say, but let's even let's make something even more wonderful. Let us act it. Let us right. do this for our, the common welfare of our country. And you know, I voted in person, not on election day, but I voted in person in my boots and BDUs. I went and voted in my military uniform because uh, Charles M. Province wrote many years ago that it is the soldier and not the politician that gives us guarantees us the right to vote. And I believe that very firmly. And so, my fellow countrymen, when you go to the polls on November 8th, if you, when you do or if you already have, you're going to vote for politicians who are either going to win or lose. But vote for the politicians of your choice. But remember the American soldier who puts his life on the line, her life on the line, to give us this great way of life that we have in this country. And it is the most precious thing you, we have. You mentioned at the very beginning, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
Our, that's part of the American lifestyle. The American way of life is that pursuit of happiness. And, and we, must, uh, we must live it, but not only live it, but know and cherish it and protect it. Protect it as we live it and believe it. Um, what is it like? You've, you have experience in politics. What is it like when you meet candidates who have the desire to get in, but maybe not the experience, or they've had maybe a little bit of experience, and they've done, um, you know, a, a little bit of canvassing or work, or perhaps they've got to a level of PC. How do you, you know, how do you work with or guide them? And do you find that they are novice completely coming about it, or do they have some type of, you know, foundation with which to build on? And, or, and you know, what what's it like working with the people who are who are new to it? Oh, sure. Well, it, it was a. I was at a Darren Bailey event in in Glen Ellen this past well, week, and and I, I it's it's very gratifying and, and inspiring to see you know youngsters in their early teens and early twenties uh, stepping up to be say precinct committeemen mm -hmm. uh, or persons. And we really have to have a good example to be shown at a young age. To like politics or, or anything really, sports, politics, the, the performing arts, anything. You, 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 something has to connect with you at a young age uh, or in your youth. In this instance, politics. And I know for me, it was um, probably the election of 1980. That uh, first, I was 10 years old, and dating myself, I guess. <laughs> I was 10 years old, and I remember watching uh, as an assignment for my history, my fourth grade teacher. Uh, Mrs. Maloney, God rest her, uh, to uh, watch the, 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 the presidential debates with Carter, President Carter, and, and Governor Reagan. And I remember watching it with my family, and uh, I just was very, uh, as a 10-year-old kid, very compelled. And then we did a, 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 a mock election in school. And now back then, I must admit, back then I was more of a partial to President Carter, and I was a Democrat because, well, my... my uh, my, my mother grew up in Chicago, uh, and my father was uh, grew up and he in, in Pennsylvania, and his father was a working man, and so they were Democrats, and he was a Democrat for a long time. But he changed. We switched to the Republicans in '96. My first votes, my first votes were for Dukakis in '88 <laughs> and Clinton Michael in '92. Yeah. Uh, but since 1996, I've been voting Republican. But and but back then, when I was young, it's just they're they're watching those debates, watching those two men. I knew were big important people it impressed me you know I mean and maybe if I was somebody else that wouldn't have but this did and it's been with me um, all my life and you know the three things in my life I've always aspired to be and that's you know a, a, you know, an elected official a soldier and, and, and a minister of the Lord which uh, I, and I've done a little bit of both a little bit of all three and because these are the things that are important to me. And if I was somebody else, maybe I'd be talking about three other, di three different things, but I'm me and I, and I have to be honest. Right. And, but to start out and then all of a sudden, you know, well, in 2016, when I was, you know, I, I came back from down south. I was uh, doing some church work down south and I came back. I, I'm done with that part of my life. Uh, but I, in 2016, when the campaign and the presidency began, I was passing by the government center in, in uh, Geneva, and I saw uh, an, an invitation to train to be an election judge. And I said, this was another key moment. 
in my life. It's an election judge. Now, I could have just written that off, but I said that something inside me told me, look into this, right. train, become an election judge. And I did. And then uh, and I got interested, got involved with the Kane County Republican politics. I, I remember as a youngster in, in high school campaigning with the Republicans for Bob Dole. And I didn't want to do that because I considered myself a Democrat back then. <laughs> but I did. You know, I had an open mind. And Bob Dole was a terrific person. Uh, my uncle, my great uncle, and he uh, served in <laughs> World War II together. They were both wounded in the same, and they were in the same hospital. And uh, so, in any event, uh, so, you know, uh, an election judge, and that brought me into being uh, a pre being appointed a precinct committeeman. And I'll tell you this quick story about how I got to be Go a precinct committeeman, which is the only office I've been able to hold. <laughs> because the lady on my block who, I, who knew me, um, she had been in it for many terms and was kind of getting tired of it and wanted to hang it up, and she was going to be moving anyway. So she suggested that I um, be her successor. <clears throat> and we went to Mr. Shepro, our county chairman at the time, and he was willing to appoint me. And I remember I was, a, I was appointed on November 19th, 2017. Uh, no, yes, 2017. And I'll, I always remember that that's the date of Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Uh, so then I was appointed, and I, got, and I got to learn what a precinct commitment is, and it's wonderful. Then I ran uh, in the primary. Uh, well, no, I ran in the general election to, to be a committeeman to get elected, because you have to be elected. You're either elected or appointed. And uh, I had the process of going to be a candidate as committeeman and running, and and it's all in the neighborhood near my house, and so it's it's a it's a great feeling to be able to to be um, you know in charge of of your neighbors in a sense, or to be a representative of them. When I walk outside my door and walk around my block, I have a position. I'm I'm the committeeman, and I always like to walk whenever I'm outside walking, particularly in election season. I I introduce myself to people who know me or don't know me and say, hello, Anthony Cattell, I'm your precinct committeeman. Sometimes I'm loath to say Republican because, you know, in this tense time in our country's history where we're so partisan, you never know if you say you're one party, you never know if you're going to get, you know, kissed or, or punched, <laughs> figuratively speaking, of course. But uh, it's a great feeling to be, uh, to be in, in, in a position, in an office, and to represent your people and to talk, go out and talk with your people and, and, and encourage them and talk to them about issues like, like we just did a few minutes ago about, right. about the amendment, this po possible amendment to the state constitution. Oh, the other bad thing about that amendment is it's, if, it ever get, if it gets to be a part of the constitution, they say you can't repeal it. Or you can, but it's going to take, you know, superhuman efforts. And, you know, no law should be unrepealable. I mean, we, we repealed, about 100 years ago, we repealed an amendment to the constitution known as the uh, Prohibition Amendment. The, eight, the 18th Amendment uh, prohibited the manufacture and sale of intoxicating liquors. Um, but then the 21st Amendment repealed it uh, 10 or 15 years later. So it's best, as Mr. Oberweiss used to say, pass, no, don't pass bad laws, pass good laws. But if a bad law is passed, it should have the, and it doesn't do the effect we would want it to, it's best to have the chance to repeal it uh, so that uh, we can get a better bill or a better law replace a better law, uh, replace a bad law with a, a good law. And then again, well, then it's always subject to vote. And 
It goes one way, great for some people, bad for other people. That's why Winston Churchill used to say he thought democracy was the worst form of government, except all the others that have been tried from time to time. He did say that. He did. But, but yeah, I appreciate that question um, about how you get in, into something, involved in something. And, and I, in, in high school, I, I always I was aspired to be um, in politics. And I remember one time, uh, I don't know why I didn't wear my Army uniform, but uh, one time we had a, a dress in what you want to be in life. And I, I dressed in a, a blue pinstripe soup, not soup, suit, <laughs> and uh, walked around uh, holding myself in a presidential manner and bearing. And I remember also I had the, the opportunity to read the uh, presidential uh, proclamation for Thanksgiving one year at a, at a, at a chapel service in, in my high school. And I, I tried to give it uh, the way a president would, would speak. And so it's a wonderful thing, you know, but... Then I ran for Congress and I've run for a county board and uh, didn't exactly receive the high, the optimal results. But uh, maybe that's because I'm still new at this, or, or maybe it's because I'm not meeting the right kind of people. <laughs> what have you learned? What, what have what I have, learned? What I've is, learned what a did lot. What you learn doing it that you that you didn't know going into oh, it? Oh my goodness! Well, I've I've learned that um, we just we have a great country at all levels, precinct level, uh, county and state and federal. And it's, it's great to be a participant in this greatest of all republics. You know, we're the first country in the history of man to have come up with a written constitution which comprises a federal form of government where we've got a capital government, a federal government that, over, over, that leads and rules and go governs the entire country of all of the states united as we see in the stars here. And then each individual star is an individual state with its own sovereignty. Um, Article 4 of the Constitution guarantees to every state in this union a Republican form of government. So we have it at the state level as well as at the federal level. And within the state level, we have it within the county level and the municipal level. I've, in the municipal level is, is in, the, in the wards with the aldermen and the mayor. And many people get ward and precinct confused, but they're two different governmental entities. The ward has to do with city government. Precinct has to do with uh, well, indirectly with county government, because every county, every state is, has, has several counties, and within those counties you've got your precincts where people go and vote, and where you have your committeemen who are the lowest level of office, but they oversee the people and the voting procedures in the precinct that makes up the county and the state and the whole country. And, but precincts are in wards, but they're, they're, they're a separate governmental entity. So I've learned to really appreciate and understand even more than I did before this wonderful country we have and this form of government we have at all levels and how we are all participants, whether we're office holders or voters, um, whether we win or lose, we are all participants and we're all really all winners because as I say, we're all Americans and all Illinoisans. And, um, but it's a great learning process, and you also learn a lot of patience and, and understanding of yourself and other people. And I have never once had been, become, you know, sometimes I have people who have the different viewpoints be a little discourteous to me, but I have never once have ever been discourteous to anybody with an opposing view. In fact, I'll give you an example of that real quick. It was just a week or two ago, I was at the Starbucks in St. Charles uh, with a, 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 a Lauf campaigner, uh, distributing more 
leaflets and uh, signs. And, uh, and then I walked over. I like to sometimes depart from my group and go and talk to other people off to the side, this man and woman. And, and I, handed, I handed a leaflet or a, a door hanger to this man. And I told, her, told him about this candidate, about uh, Catalina. And he, said, and he said, oh, are they G the GOP? Well, you happened? Yes, sir, a Republican. His response was, ah, not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> and, and I turned to his wife and said, do you have the same opinion? Oh, yes, we're Democrats. And I said, and, and you know what? A grace came over me. Because I fear those moments, you know, and that a lot of people do. Why? We don't like, well, we don't like confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I don't like being ugly with people or people being ugly with me, but that's what happened. But they were, it was, it was calm, but, but they, they certainly registered their, dis, their dissatisfaction. But here's what I did, and I was, I was, you know, squatting down with them because they were on a chair. Anyways, I was talking with them, and a calmness came over me, and I was able to say to him, to these people, well, isn't it great that, that we live in a country, and I think we can all agree on this, isn't it great we live in a country where you can have your party affiliation and your candidate of choice, and I can have mine, my party affiliation, and my candidate of choice, and, at the, and in the final analysis, we're all Americans in this great country of ours, and God bless you and your decision. And, and that was the end of it. And, and, and they couldn't, what could they say? Right. They, they, they just got up and walked into the Starbucks and ordered their coffee. <laughs> and um, I'm happy they did. Right. <laughs> the time is uh, 8.43. Will, will, will you ever run again? Well, I haven't ruled it out, and I haven't ruled it in. Um, I would like to, but I tell you, the only thing I really like to do in my life uh, is fulfill my, my military uh, career, what I call my holy and patriotic vocation of uh, being an Army chaplain. Uh, that, that was something placed in me a long time ago, and, um, and I... And I've gotten a long way towards that goal, but uh, many, strangely enough, many obstacles. Uh, but I'm still determined, and uh, maybe in the, and I'm glad to be in the Veterans Reserve Corps. But that's really not the active army. I would like to be in the reserves, the Army Reserves. And uh, but I have a lot of problems with that. Uh, I don't have a lot of problems with that. But unfortunately, I'm going to be very candid about it. Uh, the Army turned me down, and uh, because of uh, because of well, I'm not going to get into it, but. And, and but I'm going to uh, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to keep on fighting. And maybe if it takes an act of Congress for me to get that uh, reserve commission back, that, then that's what it'll have to take. But uh, I'm not going to quit because I know that that's my calling to be a good Army chaplain. I just believe it. But you um, you still work with the with your VFW? Oh yeah, post. VFW was, and yeah. American Legion. Wonderful that's organization. Right. St. Charles. St. Charles Post Three Four Two. It's a great organization. Um, what, do you guys, what do you guys got going on for Veterans Day for oh, 342? Yes. Every year, of course, we didn't have it last two years because of the, of the pandemic problems. We, we like to have, we do have our, our, our veterans ceremony. Uh, these last recent years, we've had it in the, uh, in the, inside the, the bay of the fire department in St. Charles, off First Avenue. Okay. At, in St. Charles. Trying to think and of it starts at 1040 and goes to 1130. And uh, I'm so grateful to be chosen to give the speech. I was I was chosen to give the speech uh, two years ago, but we we canceled. And uh, a wonderful and good fellow legionnaire, retired full bird colonel, um, I, I feel very very touched that he he remembered me and said, uh, "We still want you to give our talk. We're gonna gonna pick it up where we left off." Okay. So he didn't, you know, choose anybody else. He asked me, and and like I I'm said, I'm sure that's I, a good feeling. Oh, it was. It's a. You know, it's good to be. Good to feel useful in this old world. 
And I have, I have it written out right here. In fact, after this, I'm going to go back to the library and retype it. He, he went over it with a fine-tooth comb. And, you know, he's colonels. I'm, I'm the captain submitting a report to the battalion commander. And the colonel uh, is going through it with his uh, pen. And fortunately, it's, uh, it's all well and good. Uh, he, he liked a lot of what I said. Just tweaked a few things here and there. Good, good. Um, so, so what's next? Next. Oh, what's yes, next. Well, um, it kind of reminds me of the... Uh, the last line in one of my favorite movies that I like to watch, especially during election time, The Candidate. Uh, he was. <laughs> you you like Robert Redford? We were too. just talking about yeah. Right. Well, what's next? <laughs> the question is, what's next? Well, uh, after he won the election, uh, he was aside with his campaign manager, and uh, and 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 the campaign manager said, uh, "What's on your mind, Senator?" And he asked. Uh, he said, I, "I I don't know." And then he asked, uh, "What do we do now?" So what do we do now? Um, just uh, keep on driving on. Uh, always motivated, sometimes aggravated, but determined. Uh, I look forward to a great victory for uh, not only for a party of my choice, but also for for all of us as, as Illinoisans and as Americans. And I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, my speech to the veterans, to my fellow veterans and townspeople. And uh, I'm looking forward to to a a great future for uh, for myself and for my fellow Americans, um, and uh, always uh, ever upward. It's always a rising, not a setting sun, and 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 like Ronald Reagan would say, uh, it's always a new day for for America. Uh, we have to believe that, otherwise you can just forget the whole thing. And I'm not about to forget it. Uh, the time is 8:48 a.m. Monica, do me a favor, take me to one more uh, quick commercial couple things to mention and then Mr. Patel you will get the last word of the day oh my goodness uh, I gotta figure that out let me get my pieces of notes oh, here maybe I'll do that funny little anecdote with uh, me and Catalina before that debate back in uh, 2020 at uh, McHenry no I, I don't want to do that I, I don't want yeah, shoot. What should I say? Um, oh, well, I'll talk about campaigning for other candidates as as a citizen politician. Okay. And that I would do this. I'm doing what I'm doing for Catalina. I would be doing for myself or for any other candidate. Okay. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, on the twelfth, not to put the look how small this font is. Yes, on the twelfth of November at ten a.m. at twenty two North Highland, there will be a great first time home buyer seminar. Guaranteed rate will be there with two great guest speakers, Jose Herrera and Mario Blanquel. Um, you can contact for finding out all of your home buying needs. Uh, this event will be in person. There will also be refreshments, food and drinks provided. Uh, there's no registration fee or cost to attend. This will be a one-stop shop to get all of your questions answered. You can call 630-906-9400 to learn more about it. Once again, it's going to be the 12th of November at 10 o'clock a.m. 22 North Highland. Next, don't forget that the next um, Alderman's Chat for residents of the Third Ward will be November 28th at Our Lady of Good Counsel, St. Francis Center, 620 South 5th Street here in Aurora. And this is for, once again, Third Ward, all, or excuse me, Third Ward residents. Alderman Ted Messiakos will be there, and you can use the entrance located on the corner of 7th, Alve excuse me, 7th Avenue and Talma Street facing 7th Avenue, and it'll be from 7 to 8 p.m.
All right. And last but certainly not least, the Mentor Appreciation Luncheon uh, will be hosted by Triumph, and this will be the 15th of November at Wabonzi Community College's Sugar Grove Campus, Student Center Room 106, Route 47 at Wabonzi Drive in Sugar Grove, Illinois. Food networking and membership, uh, excuse me, mentorship. This is going to be a great event, and yours truly will be there. Um, the next ribbon cutting is going to be today at 11 o'clock a.m., um, so get ready for that. All right. Uh, the time is 8.50 a.m. Okay. So um, we covered your endorsements. All right. We How covered... do you like this cowboy hat? That's a nice hat. That's a, is that a Stetson? Yeah. No, it's a Twister. Uh, I got this in Texas. I was visiting Texas this past summer. And I don't normally wear hats, but... Okay. I like that is a nice hat. It is, yeah. A, a, a fellow legionnaire of mine who is a who is a cowboy type and, a, and an actor, he helped me, um, you know, uh, steam it, steam it up here and down here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, anyways, uh, <clears throat> well, I don't like to wear. I like to wear hats, but then I like like my hair too. There's a funny anecdote. It's kind of sad because it was the last part of the last speech he gave, but uh, on the morning of his death, he was speaking in San in. Um, in Fort Worth, and and the President Kennedy was presented a cowboy hat by the Texans there, and the guy who gave him the cowboy hat wanted him to put it on, and he was going to, but then he didn't, because uh, he he didn't like wearing hats, President Kennedy, um, and and he he quipped, he said, I'll put it on in the White House on Monday. If you come up, you ought to have a chance to see it then. Of course, uh, he was deceased by that time, but. Anyway, not to be morbid, but just to be, I always think of that as a funny anecdote about, that's my conflict of wearing my hat. I like wearing it, but then I like to show my hair too. But anyhow, Curtis, you were going to ask me a question. Um, well, the, um, the show ends on a, on a positive note. It always does. What is your, uh, what's your message today for the people of Aurora, King County as, 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 as a whole? Mm -hmm. Well, my message would be uh, stay, stay positive, stay faithful, and don't, don't let um, personal and national and local problems get you down because there's always going to be a way to solve a problem. We just have to keep our heads and put our heads together and, and solve the problem. And, but it's easy to get down. It's easy to get discouraged. But uh, we, we, we mustn't uh, allow that to happen. Like, you know, I mean, I, I could be, you know, pouting on the sidelines because I'm, I'm not a candidate running. But I choose not, it's, an all, it's all a question of choice. I choose to be involved as a citizen politician, helping my fellow Republican candidates who are running as best I can. I can't help them all, but I can choose. And I thought perhaps of all these candidates, you know, we've got, I, I, just to a great extent, I helped Jim Martin, well, not to a great extent. I, I, I spoke a few words on behalf of Jim Oberweiss two years ago. And I, I would have done it for Martyr this year. Uh, would have liked to have done it for myself. But our Cat Catalina, she is the one, she's the nominee. And so I'm campaigning for her as if I would campaign for myself. And I'd do this for anybody. It just so happens she happens to be the wonderful nominee. And so I'm, I, I'm doing what I'm doing for her as a citizen politician, what I would be doing if I was an actual candidate politician. And I have been. And so uh, it's, it's in giving talks and... Uh, doing some uh, radio ads, and then uh, also uh, in the Farmers Weekly down south in Joliet, outside of Joliet, uh, a nice little uh, uh, ad in the paper, some bullet points as to why I'm for, and 
just trying to help help a fellow candidate. And uh, I, I, again, I'd do it for anybody. I'd even do it for myself. But you see, I have chosen to uh, to be positive and to, to try to help somebody achieve their dream. Because I know I've been, it's been very difficult to get to where I'd like to be in life. I've gone through many hurdles, overcome many hurdles. Uh, but I, but it, but I've also been able to do many, many things as well. I mean, I mean, I, I was planning on, you know, if, if I had, if things had worked with my previous church and endorser, this probably would be my sixth or seventh year on active duty as an army chaplain. But you know, I didn't get any cooperation, and uh, I was, uh, you know, told to go home basically, and. Uh, so I, I came back here at Illinois, and I, I had to pick up the pieces and figure out what to do. And uh, many things happened in, in the realm of politics and in the realm of military service, even though it's been difficult to get back in the reserves because of a problem in my past. No legal problems, thank God, but medical, which, are, which I've overcome. But uh, I've been able to be in at least two military organizations, the Indiana Guard Reserve uh, in, in Indiana, and now the... Uh, United States Veteran Reserve Corps, and most people don't know about these military organizations, but they do exist. And uh, well, the VRC is more of a of a of a charity now, but in its er in its early beginnings during the Civil War and, and after, it was a part of of the Army. And Theodore Roosevelt, you know, he was a colonel, but he wasn't a colonel in the active Army. He was a colonel in the United States Volunteers. And that's still in a, in a military organization in existence today, but we just don't hear about much. Hear about it much. But my my point would be that no matter what problems you face in life, do not let them dominate you. Have faith in yourself and in God and your country. Because I have I believe in three things, and and I would exert all of you to believe in these three things too. I believe in God. I believe in my country, and I believe in me. And I want and I I would exhort our wonderful listeners here this morning to believe believe in your in your god believe in our god whatever religion you have believe in this great country of ours and believe in yourself and and that's the ticket that's the ticket forward and i and i always like to quote uh, our candidate uh, catalina i think she has a she put it well when she says we live in the greatest country in the world even on our worst day and i i subscribe to that completely and i would add that whether it be our darkest night or our brightest day, we are the United States of America. Oh, and one last thing I, I told you about, I would talk to you about Moscow and, and czars. You see, the czars were, communism is, is horrible, but the czars were probably even worse. And they led Russia before the communists overtook. The communists overtook Russia by taking out the czars. But before that, the czars were terrible people. And they were very oppressive. And in the early 1900s, a man who, whose name was Irving Berlin, he and his family were Russian Jews, Russian Orthodox Jews, living in Russia. And they were, they were terribly persecuted. And so what did they do? They packed up and got the heck out of an oppressive country. Where did they go to? The United States of America. And years later, when Irving Berlin was serving in the First World War in the American Expeditionary Force, he wrote a song for the uh, soldier show, and, and it was looked at, but the CO said, nah, we'll, fi we'll, we'll file that away. <laughs> well, after uh, World War I and just prior, years later in 1938, a woman by the name of Kate Smith, 
stood in a radio studio on Veterans Day, 1938, November 11, and uh, sang that song, and it was God Bless America. And that song was written by Irving Berlin, and he, he wrote it about America, because, and he said, God Bless America, because this was the country that saved him and his family from certain death in Tsarist Russia. And you just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. Uh, that's, that's, and in, in that story is the whole point. This is the, if we lose freedom here, then there's no place else to go. This is the last stand for man on earth. So when you sing God Bless America on Veterans Day, realize that uh, some people wrote it and sing it, sang it because it truly was a blessing. For us, it's a blessing every day to wake up here. But for some people, it's like Irving Berlin who wrote it. It was really a blessing. He knew what he was writing about. God bless America, a land that I love. Mr. Cattell, thank you very much for well, coming you, on the Curtis. show today. We appreciate it. Thank Ladies and much. gentlemen, I hope that you guys all enjoyed this episode. Um, Monday is a big day. Next week is an entirely big week. Um, as you guys have seen, we've got some more work to do uh, with our satellite location. And also we've got some new equipment as well. So please stay tuned. Um, I want you to have a great, safe weekend. Have some fun tonight at uh, Day of the Dead events. Be sure to check out uh, Water Street Mall adjacent to City Hall and the Aurora Public Library. Take care of yourself and each other.